Hey, what's going on, everybody? You're listening to The Sane Show, the show about nothing and everything. I'm your host, Cliff. And today, I have a very special guest. He is the music producer, singer, songwriter, and free runner, a.k.a. parkour, <laughs> Foot Rocket. How you doing, Cam? Hey, what's up, Cliff? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm excited to have you on the show. For uh, the listeners, you guys don't know, he is another cousin of mine. It's the third cousin to have on the show. We've got some dope people in my family. So, you know, super excited to have you on the show, Cam. Excited to have this conversation that we typically have off the record anyway. So thank you for taking time out of your schedule to take and come on the same show today. Yes, thank you. I'm actually really honored and I was even surprised, but this is <laughs> pretty cool. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anytime, bro. Anytime. Uh, really quick, before I introduce the topics, I want to take and do the shout outs. I want to shout out to all the listeners in all 60 plus countries. Thank you guys for continuing to show your love and support for the same show, continuing to like, share and subscribe. And all those people that filled out those surveys, helping us out. Uh, even more. Thank you guys. I appreciate you guys. And if you're listening and you don't already follow us on social media, be sure to check us out on Instagram and Twitter at the same underscore show. Again, that's at same underscore show, S A N E underscore show. And then you can find us on Facebook, the same show again on Facebook, the same show. So today we're going to be talking about music and video games and excited a, a conversation I'm really excited to have with you, Cameron. And then we're also going to talk about electronic and dance music, not to get it confused with EDM, <laughs> but electronic and dance music. And then following that, we're going to have an interview with you, Cam, so that the listeners can learn more about you, the things you do and your journey as well in music. So with the first topic, Music and video games, again, with the work that you're doing, producing a video game soundtrack, and then the conversation that you and I last had when we sat down together. I thought this was a really great topic for us to talk about, especially when you really think about the whole idea of music and video games. One of the things that stood out to me when I was putting this together is the increase in the presence of mainstream music artists in the video game industry as it concerns making music. And so it just goes to say how important it is to have good music when you're playing a game. What are, what are some of your thoughts around that? Right. Yeah, actually, one of the things I remember saying to you is just like, we all have those, those young, if you ever played video games when you were a kid, you always have that memory like of the video game music, the music itself sets the tone. And you can always think back to like, yeah, Super Mario 3 or Crash Bandicoot. And you can remember like the sound effects, even the noises, everything about everything that you were hearing while you played the game always set the tone. And like, you can even to this day, look up the soundtrack and listening to the music can bring you back to that time. So I just think to your point, the music that, is used whether it's external music like mainstream music usually for like sports games and stuff like that or if it's music that was literally made specifically for the game it's always very important to choose the right stuff to set a tone to set a tone and a mood for the type of game that's being played i think it's fascinating yeah it really is and i just think about even though i don't play 
video games as much as I would like to now. I'm, I'm getting that new PS5, though, for sure. <laughs> One of the things I do think about, too, because even when I'm playing like video games at somebody else's house, Right. You know, I take out my headphones, got to get my got to get my music going, got to get in the zone and, you know, set the mood. Right. And even I even think about when I watch my friends play their games and they have the, you know, a lot of these consoles. Now you can have your music playlist on the console and then you can play your music. from. And I don't know how it works now. I don't know if there's like an integration with like Spotify or Apple or something where you can play your music from the playlist and then you know, while you're playing a game and it's playing over top of the video game music, yet you still have that audio from or right. sound effects from the game. You see where I'm getting at? So like, it's just, yeah. it's just really, go ahead. That's really cool too. I didn't actually know that either. Cause I, I was going to chime in and say, I don't lately haven't played video games in a long time. Not seriously not since <laughs> high school. But that's not even because like, I don't like them, but yeah. it's, Every time I've even tried to within the last, I don't know, maybe five years, I just find myself getting bored or wanting to create something. And it's just I've come to the realization that I just enjoy making music, which is what I do. And that's is weird when people say like, wow, I, I, I envy your work ethic or wow, like you work so hard and like it's I wish I could push that hard on something I'm into. But it's like. I don't think of it that way because when I'm making music, it's what I do for fun. So like I spend the majority of my free time on it mm-hmm. because that's what I do. Like this, this hardware, these synthesizers and stuff, that's my video games. <laughs> like even, I think I bought the new animal crossing on the switch, went out and bought a switch and the new animal crossing. Cause everybody said it was so awesome and it is a really dope game, but I played it for about, maybe two weeks before I was like, you know, I'd rather just be working on music right now. And I haven't picked <laughs> to be honest, even though the music, that was one of the things I was going to say, even Animal Crossing, I remember the DS version, I think it was Wild World, has one of the most amazing soundtracks you will hear in video game music. Really opened my ears and eyes to like, just the possibility of immersive sound. Yeah, and even outside of the increase of mainstream artists in video game music, like the conversation we had a month ago when we were talking about games, because th- those are the games that most people appreciate too, the games where even though there aren't any mainstream artists on them, the the composition of the soundtrack itself was phenomenal. Some of the games we talked about, I know Sonic, you know, I remember you had me listen to one of the songs off of Sonic and you know, right. Mario Kart. I know for me, Rainbow Road, <laughs> that's the that's the classic. Like They got like a whole bunch of remixes <laughs> or different versions or iterations, whatever you want to call them, of Rainbow Road. And then you also, for me, one of my favorites is Tekken. I think Napco and the Tekken brand does a great job when they're putting together music for video games. Again, not mainstream artists. Just really talented composers that put together a really right. great track that really fits the mood of the game. Because here's the thing, too. I think sometimes we tend to forget that video games aren't just a form of rec- recreational activity, but it's also entertainment. And some of the best of games, like I'm now as I'm talking, more games are coming to mind. 
but those games that give you that cinematic feel, mm-hmm. the games that you play and it's like you're watching a movie. Right. Because not only the gameplay, but also because of the soundtrack. And you're just like, you're fully into the story of the game. And that's the best part about it. Those mm-hmm. are the games, because I've played some games where it's like, the music was great, the graphics were great, the story was great. And when it was over, I was like, man, I was really into that. And then it's like, I feel like I was just finished watching a great movie. You know? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. You reminded me of the Sonic, the Sonic Racing soundtrack because I had that game on the, um, had it on the PC way back mm-hmm. in the day. We actually had the disc of that game, and I played that game so often when I was about, I think I was like eight <laughs> years old. The soundtrack is is so different. Like usually Sonic games, the two D scrollers especially have like eight bit music, but this one is all electronic dance music and like i encourage you guys listening if you haven't heard it or played the game look up the sonic r soundtrack it is gold it sounds i don't know if it would sound kind of dated i guess nowadays but i still to this day listen to that <laughs> thing. even that reference it's quick it makes you feel like you're flying around a sonic level it's so cool i love it another thing that came to mind too because you know we're talking about you know music production and everything i think it's important to for people to recognize especially people that do produce music and you know want to continue to continue to pursue a career in music production is not to forget that you can make music for video games not just music for artists not just music for films and you know but you can make music for games like there's a there there is an avenue for that because again video games is entertainment and a lot of games out there that need soundtracks so for listeners out there don't overlook the fact that you could produce music for video games because that's pretty freaking cool if you ask me especially if you could get on like a like a company's roster where you just make all the games music that's that'd be awesome And that's a whole side of the industry that people, I feel a lot of producers just don't even think about because yeah. and it just goes over their head. All right, we're back. Um, now we're going to talk about electronic and dance music. Again, I said this earlier when I introduced the topics not to get it confused with EDM, because yes, I know, EDM. <laughs> but in terms of really looking at them as two separate genres, reason I set it up like that is because I'm thinking about when you go into Apple Music, I, I use Apple Music, and I'm, I'm going and looking for my electronic music. I have to go into electronic. When I'm looking for dance, dance. Sometimes they're throwing in pop music. And I think it was a few weeks ago, I sat down and I actually thought about it. And I said, you know, I think it's unfair to... The, electri- the subgenres of electronic music to just categorize all of them under electronic. And there is mainly house because I've really been getting into house music this summer. Shout out to Cousin John, put me on to the Jersey house and a little bit of the Chicago house. But again, there's different variations within house music as well. So example, when I go into my house music on Apple Music, there's only three songs. The rest of them, where there's probably a bunch of more of those, I have to find them under electronic music. And it's like, come on, house music deserves to be, should be in under house music. Again, with all different variations. And yeah. Go ahead. I was just going to say that 
one of the things about that is, and one of the things a lot of people don't actually know is that house music is one of the oldest American forms of dance music that is right after when people burned a bunch of disco records publicly. These kids in, uh, I think it was, a bunch of kids in Chicago were trying to figure out basically how to make disco, these disco beats with electronic equipment, how they could basically make this music that their parents were listening to, that they grew up listening to, that four on the floor beat. And so they took the 909 from Roland because it was cheap and they could afford it. There were actually a lot of other drum machines that were you know, more popular in the big music industry at the time, but these kids couldn't afford it. So they're like, well, what has good sounds that we can actually afford? And like Roland actually, if I remember correctly, the 909 was thought of as like almost a failure. And that's how a bunch of kids in Chicago who started house music were able to actually acquire the, the material to make, acquired the material to make some of the greatest music of our time, but also to influence almost every genre to come after it, especially pop music and the like, and even hip hop. But um, yeah, house music, I, th- I feel like ha- because it's so old and it's older than a lot of people know, it mm-hmm. gets construed and just kind of thrown into these other genres that have come after it just because of it, of how old it is. That's true. I do agree. And I thank you for the history lesson. So <laughs> I learned something new there about how uh, house music even came to be. Because I think that I think the interesting thing, too, if you if you actually sit down and you look at electronic, and you look at the different subgenres, you can definitely see what came out of what. And, you know, we right. were kind of having that conversation, too. I forgot with which subgenre of house music, but... I remember you and I were having that conversation. We were talking about this one group. I, I, I don't know if it was Swedish House Mafia or um, it was one of the big groups and talking about how their music, it was like a blend of the different electronic genres. And then they kind of switched and started focusing or making more music in a different subgenre. Basically, they went very broad from very broad to a little more specific. Uh, because I think something about their music was sounding redundant. I don't know. Don't quote me. But uh, I just remember you know, that uh, that conversation we were having. But again, j- just going back to my point again, like because that's the thing that I find very co- interesting and cool about music is being able to trace back where other genres ha- were born out of exist genres that already exist and that have existed for a long time. So for yeah. you to say what you were saying about house music. Yes, we could write a whole nother show on that one. <laughs> Honestly, uh, when we yeah. talk about the the impact that house music has had on not just again the electric, the electronic genre, but music in general. So yeah. because I I just again that's kind of something I constantly think about, especially when I'm sitting around my cousin and I'm listening to house music and I'm just thinking like because again when you listen to certain genres long enough, you kind of you start breaking it down and then you yeah. start figuring out like where did all of this come from or where have I heard this before? You see, what I'm getting at right. There's a lot to, yeah. <laughs> to electronic music. 
and I think if and for the people that are listening, if if you don't listen to Jersey house music, you got to get on it because that's where it is. Respect to Chicago house music too, but right. Jersey house just happens to be my favorite. So I'm I am being biased. Got to get on the Jersey house music because it's like my cousin says, when that music is going, it's hard to sit down. Like that is true party music, and it never gets old. So my question to you would be: Is it fair to say EDM? Or is EDM just covering, <laughs> encompasses all of electronic? Because you, because you know what I mean? Electronic dance music versus how I look at it, electronic and dance separately. Go ahead. Have you ever seen that, that, <laughs> that vets versus noobs EDM no. meme? Where there's no. a meme, if you just look it up, like, if, or search EDM meme, there's a, a hilarious explanation of this exact conversation. I mean, honestly, as a producer, I cannot say that it's fair. No, but I get it, especially as a person from the outside looking in how, you know, it might just all sound the same. But if you do your history, you really come to find that a lot of these things are new and they came from something else, which came from something else, which and these are all entirely different things. I'm looking at something right now. There's progressive house is very different than acid house you know french house is also very different techno is its complete other cousin to house music but they're not they're not the same everybody knows dubstep sounds nothing like house music you know like <laughs> listen to an entire playlist of new disco and it's it has the same four on the floor beat but for someone who listens to a lot of house music you can definitely tell like whoa wait this is something else you know right just it's just for the same reason somebody you know who's a painter or somebody who's an electrician can look at look at the lights in a room and know you know the wattage or like a painter can look at the colors on a wall and say hmm that's this and then this color is that and this one probably painted this many years ago and they just know because they're familiar with it the more research you do, the more you delve into these genres, the easier it is to, to draw the distinctions. One of the oldest house music producers, I think he's considered like the godfather of houses, Frankie Knuckles. You look him up and look up his story. I'm pretty sure he's from Chicago, too. Another pair of old cats would be, and I say that in the most respectful way. I say old as in like original gangs, mm-hmm. not old as they're just old. Um, Octave One. Octave One actually still to this day uses only hardware in their live set. And they do like an hour-long house set with just machines up there, not even spinning records. It's crazy. Really talented. Nah, that's dope. Yeah. I will say, when you mentioned French house, I wanted to, I had to verify this, but my, my introduction to house music was actually French house, and it was David Guetta. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's funny you say that because that's that's literally the same for me. Um, it was Daft Punk. Ah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, David, but old David Guetta, not new David Guetta, because new David Guetta's really gotten away from that. But old David Guetta, like the original, like that, that David Guetta. All right, now. 
for the interview. I'm going to ask you some questions, Cam, so that the listeners can learn more about you, what you got going on, and all the fun things that go along with that. I swear these shows go by fast when you're having fun with your guests, <laughs> as always. <laughs> <laughs> so first thing, you know, tell us about your latest projects. I know you got some things. You just released a single. You also been working on a video game soundtrack. And you got an album coming out in the fall. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, my album for the entire soundtrack drops. For those of you listening, Block Adventurer OST Adrift. Yeah, I made that probably. I think it was middle of last year. Well, let me back up. So, <laughs> yes, I'm a producer. I've been making music since high school, right? Funny enough, a friend of mine from high school hit me up about a year and a half ago and told me some amazing news. And that was he had made a game. I think it was for Android and Apple, actually. He made a game and it got a, over 250,000 downloads. Mobile game. And that allowed him to get a contract with Sony to do a video game. And so he contacted me because he remembered that I used to do music in high school and he actually hasn't been following my like kind of musical journey since then so it was kind of amazing that he remembered me and thought to hit me up he hit me up and asked if i wanted to do the soundtrack and if i still worked on music and i was like 100 percent yes and 100 percent yes <laughs> so that's how that got started the game itself is kind of a sandbox game what he asked me for and it was very interesting again because he hadn't been following my musical journey since high school and this is uh like in last november i dropped a dance record on roundhouse which had basically nothing that he was looking for on it and then you know before then i had dropped a single which is another house track so he's asking me to make some smooth ambient background music and my head is in a completely different space so <laughs> Um, but I didn't let that, I didn't even let him know that I was just like, yes, I'm doing this now. I got to figure it out. So it was fascinating. What I usually do when I'm making music is I just flood my brain with ideas. And what I did for this project was I literally, and when I say literal, I mean, literally spent two months only listening to Japanese eighties ambient music. And it was such a eye-opening and <laughs> just cleansing experience. But after I did that, you know, I sat down and banged out 10 tracks for this record. And uh, it's about to drop tomorrow. I'm super excited. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. I'm excited. I'll definitely be checking it out and, you know, spreading the word for that as well. So my next question to you, because... You went a different route and you took a chance. And so I want you to talk to the listeners about as far as why was college not a fit for you and how you're measuring your success with music now. Mm, serious questions now. <laughs> uh, anybody that knows me well has heard me say that none of this, none of this was my idea. I attribute all of it to God in that my plan was to go to college. My plan was to get a degree in engineering. My plan was to get that white picket fence, get old and die. That was the plan. 
And there's only so much you can do to fight what you're supposed to be doing in life. I'm only 24, so everybody listening, just take... I, I don't try to speak as if I have my life figured out, but I definitely have direction, and for that, I'm grateful. I think I was in my third semester of community college, and, you know, even looking back, I don't even remember what it was that was telling me, like, hey, you can actually do this. It could have even been just some random Gary V videos on Instagram, but I kept whatever was happening kept showing me like, hey, Cameron, you need to be doing music. Hey, this is what you should be focusing on. You know, I've been been a producer calling myself that since 2008. This is very young, but never really chose to take it seriously until about maybe three years ago. And I think it was three years ago. Mm-hmm. Could have been sooner, maybe five years ago. But the point being... I hit a crossroads where it was like, I can't keep fighting this. What, it, what I'm doing is not being blessed, but every little, little piece of attention that I give towards music is doing far and above what I could have ever expected. It was driving me nuts because I was like, you know, I'm going to keep plugging away at these books and keep plugging away at whatever, and it just wasn't working out. Teachers sucked. Everybody's teachers sucked, but it was. Just... <laughs> I'm trying right. not to sound pretentious because this is this was this was life or death stuff. <laughs> really serious. But every little thing I was trying to do just wasn't working, and I would spend some time on music, and then out of nowhere, I'd get like asked to play a show somewhere, and I'd be like, "What? Like that's crazy!" And then people would tell me, "Yeah." <laughs> this song is great this is awesome you should work with this person and all these things all these opportunities that I didn't ask for that just kept getting flung at me because I was dabbling you know in music and kind of treating it like I don't know it's always been a hobby my whole family is musical so it was always there it just wasn't included (laughs) yeah it's just in our blood like it was always there growing up my mom's whole side of her family sings, I sing, my sister sings, but it was never focused until, until I had that crossroads. And I was like, you know, told my parents I'm not going back to school. And they were like, and I actually took it a lot better than I thought, because I was like, kind of scared they would be disappointed in me. But it was really just, in hindsight, I'm, as I said, it was really just my own expectations that I was trying to go with. And the reason I thought they would be upset is because... I had painted them as that picture, like they want me to do this, so I have to do it. But it was really just me not doing what I knew I should have been doing, which was music in the first place. And I guess I'd say to anyone else, like deep down, I think everybody does know what they should be doing with their life. It's just really difficult to do it sometimes. But even where I am now, I'd say that it's worth it, no matter how scary, no matter how daunting whatever it is, I'd say it's worth it. That is very true. (laughs) In layman's terms, walk us through the workflow of making a song. In layman's terms. Well, okay, this is hmm, an analogy I like to use when explaining music production to people is 
taking what's in your brain and trying to put it down on paper or trying to put it down so that other people can hear it, so that other people can experience it, whatever it is in your brain. This is art in general, I think, actually. So when it comes to music production, if you're a musical person and you have an idea or sound or a tune in your head, you, only you can hear it. So in layman's terms, going through the workflow would just be trying to, where would you start? Like I have a beat in my head maybe, so I'll either pull up a drum machine or get a friend of mine to record the beat and I'll clap it out for him and go boom, ka, or I'll beatbox it in, you know, take a microphone and just record it down, get the idea out of my head. Sometimes I'm in the car and I'll grab voice memos and just sing a little tune, something, just to get it out of my head. From there, you just keep building on the on what you have. You build on the process. And that that can come sometimes, actually a lot of times, it, a song can come from just randomly noodling around with a piano or noodling around with some sounds. And sometimes it's literally, I've had times where I dreamed about something and I was like, I have to wake up and make this right now. And I just jump on the computer and, and throw it out there. But in layman's terms, I would say it's just the it's just the process of trying to put down what's in your brain, if you can imagine that. Similarly to how a painter paints or right. something like that. You know, it's funny. It reminds me last year when I had a dream and I, I uh, came up with this really dope tune in my mind. Right. And I, I tried to remember it to tell uh, to tell JL. And I was like, dude. I was like, I forgot it. But I was like, I had this really dope tune for you that you could, like, I said, it'd be great for Maroon 5. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I forgot. I was, you know, he's like, oh, man. He's like, it sucks. And I was like, yeah, I know. I'm no good. Because <laughs> 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 I, I woke up and I was like, yo, this is a hit. <laughs> and what's crazy, um, what's crazy could have been, it probably was amazing. Yeah, and dude, I was jamming in my sleep, and I woke up like, yo, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> like to win them a Grammy. Oh, let me stop. Yeah. Um, so how were you able to quickly define Foot Rocket and channel that into your music? Foot Rocket is music to make you move, specifically music to make you move your feet. I skate a little bit. As he said in the intro, I do parkour, all these things dancing all of these things come together to be what foot rocket is you know the idea of just moving your feet in a quick way also in a sort of um idealistic way foot rocket is foot rocket is here to just put a pep in your step you know help you get through what you're doing help you put put rockets on your feet in in what you're in your everyday walk in life foot rocket is is music to to lift you in every sense of the from your feet i can see that i'm literally visualizing like you got some rocket boosters on your shoes so yeah <laughs> well hey hey man it's it's always a pleasure talking to you we're family so we hang out a lot anyway um but it's it's never a dull moment you know having these kinds of conversations with you which again listeners with this kind of stuff we talk about all the time anyway so you know but thank you for you know taking time out of your schedule to take and come on the same show really quick before I let you go, let the listeners know where they can find your music and everything else that you're working on. On 
streaming platforms, it's Foot Rocket, which is one word, capital F, capital R, Foot Rocket. On Instagram, it's Foot Rocket Music, one word, no underscore. On Facebook, it's Foot Rocket. Twitter, I believe, it's Foot Rocket Music. But one word, Foot Rocket. Search me, find me. (laughs) (laughs) But all seriousness, thank you for having me on here. Always, dude. Always. Gotta have you back on. And, and listeners, be sure to, again, go check them out. You can find them on all the major streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify, and everywhere else where music is found and sold. Foot Rocket, again, check them out on Instagram. You'll find them there. Follow them, check them out, stay posted, support them. Thank you again, Cam. Love you, you, dude. And if you're listening, be sure, again, to check out The Same Show. Make sure to follow us on social on all the social platforms. And you're listening to The Same Show, the show about nothing and everything. And until next time, we're out.